Welcome to another post game of Banditland Boulevard. I'm a little sunburnt, but just because it was super, super nice out yesterday. Uh, hmm. But Bandits do get a win, and they actually kind of burned the Riptide too with that overtime win. Trevor Howard, Tony LaMonica, aka Boxhead 98, 98TL, 11 to 10 final score in overtime from the Key Bank Center. There was good, there was bad, there was ugly, but a win is a win, and the Bandits are now 12 and 4 on this season with two games to go. Yep, we can't uh, – I, I don't know how many more heart attacks we're going to have, but 4-0 to be exact in the overtime record, it's been our go-to kind of period. But, again, why put us to a pressure to where we're going to have to see overtime? Uh, you should literally uh, play your game like you guys did. You kind of winged it out in the first half, not taking any leads or trying to read your opponents that you may have done, but also the fact that you guys came together – you got a game plan set. You guys took it into the third and fourth quarter. And then obviously you guys took it in overtime, playing smartly and getting the timely goal that you needed and winning the game against New York. And the riptide having the lead or the game being tied was the entirety of the first four quarters. The Bandits did not have a single lead through the first four quarters, except for the end of overtime where Josh Byrne steps off his back foot, takes the shot and goes top shelf. That was amazing. Great shot. Uh, but I'm still a little bit concerned about this offense, Tony. How about you? I mean, I saw a lot of stupid turnovers. There was one three-on-one play that uh, I think Josh Byrne had in over the line and just did a little dumb pass to, I think it was Ian McKay without looking, and the ball was turned over, which could have led to a goal for the Bandits if we were to just take the shot. Dalton Silver turning the ball over just before halftime to set up the two-on-one goal for Jeff Teat. There are some things that still need to be cleaned up offensively, but this is the first time since February 18th, 2023, that the Bandits scored more than 10 goals in a game, which is absolutely unreal. 11 goals for the first time since their overtime win against the Philadelphia Wings. Yeah, this is a shocker to us all. I mean, it's... It's still kind of like makes you want to wonder when's this overpowered offense going to score more than say six or seven per half. I mean, that's what you should be doing, but this laid back um, reading your opponents first off in the first half and then exploiting them in the second half is the key that we've been winning these games coming from behind most of the time this whole season. And yes, I understand that a lot of players are not players, but fans saying, what's going on with this offense? Like we've seen these guys score, I don't know, and on average 13. And then the last four before uh, New York, we've had under 10 and that's kind of scary too. You can't rely on defense alone and goaltending alone to win you the games. You have to have the scoring to do so. But again, when things came around and we got some of our players much needed back, like Justin Robinson defensively, yes. he was a little shaky. I mean, come on. First came first back, came back in over a injured. year. Yeah, And with his ACL still a little shaken up, but again, he hung in there. He was uh, playing really well uh, for Bryce Sweeney being sitting out for his uh, one-game suspension. We should see him back against Toronto for sure. Yep. But also than that, back to our offense that everyone had a piece of the puzzle. McKay had a goal. Chase had a goal. Uh, Byrne and Dane obviously picking up the pace. And then, um, you know what? It's a team effort. Basic said and done. They came out to where they had to, and timely mattered goals won them the game this game. Yeah, this is how they've been winning games the whole season, coming coming from behind and winning yeah. games. 4-0 in overtime, like you said before, that's absolutely huge because it's you think if they, if they only win half of those, 
we're mm-hmm. in a completely different position in the standings. And with that win from last night, the yep. Buffalo Bandits clinch a home quarterfinal matchup. I'm thinking yep, it's either going six. to be against Georgia, maybe Philly, but most likely it's probably going to be Rochester. Well, as of right now, with the standings being as they are, because Toronto did defeat their opponents last night against the Wings and still remaining in the top spot for the East, they are 13-4 and four with one game left to go, and that is against Buffalo. And a and game in hand over the Bandits, too. And a game in a hand. Uh, actually, no, half game. Scratch that because they are 13 and uh, – what are they now? 13, uh, 13 and, four. and 4. We would be 12 and 4. and 4. Yep. Right, and we're 12 and 4, so we actually have two games left to their one. So – these two next, uh, the next two games that we have against Toronto and against Albany are huge for us because we could still take first place and have home field throughout the entire duration of the playoffs. Yep. But like you said, excuse me, May 6th at 7 o'clock at the KeyBank Center, that is the first playoff game. So if you guys want to get your tickets now, is the best time to do so at this moment. And I think at this moment last year, we we clinched a quarterfinals matchup as well. I think we also clinched home field around this time last, last year too. And right. if you remember, we took down Albany in that first round, and then we went into the semis against Toronto, and then we went mm-hmm. to the finals against Colorado. Uh, Toronto is a team that I'm, I'm pretty much just like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is a team that's going in hot, the playoffs going yep. in hot. We're still trying to get our groove back. I mean, 11 goals is probably the best that we've done in almost two months, I want to mm-hmm. say. Uh, mm-hmm. Maybe this is the win that the Bandits can really just say, okay, we can build upon this and go into next week because next the standings are not finalized. I mean, that 18-7 nope. game is over. That was almost – I mean, that was two weeks ago. And, mm-hmm. I mean, we can look at that and say, all right, that's in the past, but this is a whole new game coming up this week. Uh, but to get on the right foot – the bandits needed to win this game against the Riptide. And I know that they only have four wins. And that's what I was saying in the standings. Or when I was up in the stands yesterday, I was saying, Mm -hmm. this is a four win Riptide team. Why can't we play competitive? And then I remembered the NLL, you don't have to, you don't take any team lightly whatsoever. There were games last year where we had to beat Albany in overtime. Remember Kyle Buchanan scoring an OT against Albany when we were favored by like four goals in that game. That's uh, correct. The Riptide coming into our building last year beat us 15 to nine. And they only had, I think four or five wins at the time. You don't mm-hmm. want to take any team lightly. That's the last thing you want to do. Um, nope. But the only thing that matters is the, the way that the, the outcome of the game, that's the only thing that matters. Matt Vince was the only reason why the bandits were even competitive in the third and fourth quarter of that game. And I tip my cap to Matt Vince because he had himself a great, great night. The defense was great. I think Justin Robinson, I think he looked great. I think he looked phenomenal for his first game back. Maybe he caught a little flat footed and I like what the bandits were doing, adjusting to Jeff Teat in that fourth quarter. They always had two guys on Jeff Teat. And, mm-hmm. you know, through the first three quarters, I'm like, he's going to do that spin move, catch the bandits flat-footed, and burn them every time. But they really started to adjust to him in that fourth quarter. So I give a lot of credit to Johnny T and that coaching staff. Yep, they actually – that's what you have to do. You have to shut down their absolute scoring leaders, and that's what they did with Kiernan and with Teat. Those are the guys you have to stop. And Jeff Teat is, like, an amazing – lacrosse player and, and he's only in year two he is, and that's the reason why he is the point leader at this point but with dane smith having a, a a masterful piece night actually with 11 points total um he's creeping closer and closer to teat so again with two games in hand and new york has the same amount of games too it could go either way whoever has the scoring title but that's not what we're really worried about at this moment we're worried about 
the next week coming up is uh, who's going to want to be in first place in the Eastern Conference uh, side. And basically, we know who we have to beat, and that is Toronto. And then we have to face off against Albany, who we are 0-1 against this season after losing in the very first week. But Albany has a completely different team now since they traded away all their guys. Yeah. But that's not the case. Like you said, you can't take any team too lightly, no matter who's on the team. You have to come out playing the best game of lacrosse, no matter what the circumstances are and who's on your roster. Now we've seen games time and time where we didn't have our superstars. And yet our secondary has really stepped up. Yep. Brad McCauley, Dalton Solver, Ian McKay moved to forward. He was scoring a lot. Brandon Robinson again, was healthy. Yep. Yep. And, but unfortunately due to the injury bug, we lost some key players that we could probably use now, but we are getting healthier though. At the same time, we are getting healthier at the same time. And thankfully Justin Robinson, is back after his ACL tear. Um, I mean, obviously, you can still see the cast on his leg, but again, he looked like he nothing actually hurt him, so which is good. But again, like Sam LaRue got a call up to play. Uh, there was, like I said, Dalton Solver, excuse me, and then you had Carter McKenzie playing again, too. Um, oh, and a kudos to Kellen LeClaire. Um, yeah, I miss you, buddy, because you have been really an idealistic uh, defender too that played when he needed to and actually did his job. So again, good luck to you in the seals. You are actually in the number one looking seed on the West side. So we, we could wish you the best of luck in uh, San Diego, buddy, but for back to the bandits guys, this is a good start. Yep. We're not done yet. We're not done. We're not nope, done abs- yet. Absolutely not. And I mean, I want to see – I know that Albany's out and the game doesn't matter to them. Uh, right. and, and Toronto's already – you know, they already clinched a playoff spot too, but there's a lot of, you know, a lot of good background stuff going into that game because you're playing for the number mm-hmm. one seed. And, right. I, I mean, it's just – the team that gets hot at the right moment normally does amazing in the playoffs. Look at the Colorado Mammoth last year and how they basically uh, – basically got hot at the right time. Nobody, everyone was kind of mm-hmm. counting them out. They went in as the underdog and they won the championship. Right. Uh, it does. You don't have to be the first seed to clinch a championship spot. I mean, we obviously nope. look out West last year. I think what was Colorado, the third seed or something like that. I believe so. I don't mind where we are in the standings, but I just want to see some good, hard offensive lacrosse. We've been locking it down defensively and goaltending, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're living in 2023 where offense wins you championships for sure. Like defense is That's very, true. very Im- important. But if you can be that team that consistently scores maybe 15, four, 13, 14, 15 goals a game and sure. really starts putting the league on notice, like, oh, look at these bandits. They're going to get hot at the right time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd feel confident about going into the playoffs. But, I mean, when we score 11 here and then maybe 7 here and then 8 here, I mean, I got to see more consistency out of the offense. But I'm really, really liking what I'm seeing out of the defense and Mm. really, really enjoying what I'm seeing out of our goaltending and Matt Vince. Uh, I think it was the – yes, this they had the bye week. So – the whole game against the Toronto rock that's in the past. And he did have a rough game there, um, but so did the entire team. I mean, it wasn't just on Vince, but it's good to see him trending in the right direction, even if it's Mm -hmm. against a team like the New York riptide. Yeah. I mean, you got to also understand too. I mean, there was still some flaws when we had some defenders come back, like Carter McKenzie came back in the lineup. Uh, There was also, like we said, Justin Robinson's back. There are some little twerks and tweaks that we have to fix, but other than that, uh, keeping them at 10 or lower, 
that's still a plus to us and especially defensively and for Matt Fitz to get back into his groove. Um, guys, like we said, he's at that age where we're still shocked to see him still make 40 plus saves per night. Yeah. And, you know, and that's something you got to understand is that he is a key to keep them in the game. And, but it's also the defenders to do the job too to protect him and, the offense to provide the goals to win the game and that's another thing that we have to look forward to especially against toronto now that this is the determining game who gets number one and who will bit number two so we have to play smart i understand there was a lot of unnecessary bad calls last night with the referees and again it's you got to kind of like bite your lip and keep going forward but again You have to play through it. It sucks. You want to say your piece, but again, it could hurt the team. And I understand with the fact that the missed calls and misdirections, obviously with Ian McKay's, let's take Ian McKay's goal, for instance. He was never in the crease, and they called a crease goal, and I'm glad Johnny T threw the flag after we saw the replay instantly, and they said, oh, that's a clear goal. We can't take that away from him, so we're glad it was overturned. And the the whole business with the shot clock. I mean, I counted a couple of times last night where – the riptide would take a shot and it, and it would go wide and they would reset the clock. And Johnny T yeah, on the was, bench was, oh, oh my boy. God, he was letting them hear that. And mm-hmm. everybody, everybody in the stands were like, why, why do they get a fresh 30? The bandits missed the net a lot last night in the first and second quarter. They never got the, they never got the shot clock reset. I'm like, nope. and then, and then the, the coinciding penalties with burn. And I don't remember who the other player was, but burns getting held in his offensive zone when the, Riptide are trying to break out and then he's trying to break free and he, they get two incidental roughing penalties. Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. come on, you gotta, if you're going to call a penalty, make sure that you really, really see what's going on. If you don't see it, don't call it. That's right. Just because you see burn trying to push someone off of him because he's getting held. Mm -hmm. doesn't mean you get to call a, 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 an incidental penalty for, for both teams. It's ridiculous. Nope. And again, like we said, we got to, it sucks not to, you know, when you're sitting in the stands and you're screaming at the referees and telling them what, how to predict the game and how to ref it. No, I understand that too. But again, you have to keep it 50, 50, no matter what. I mean, obviously with the way the penalty minutes were, New York had 10, we only had eight. Okay. I get that. But again, with the key things to watch for is players in the crease after a shot or um, making the right calls during a penalty or a push. And if it's a push off, it's obviously into the other direction, Um, obviously. And with the illegal substitutions uh, that they miss so much on New York side. And I don't want to even want to get to that point, but again, we're just thankful that, the bandits came up on top. We took the victory like we should have. And a lot of team, a lot of fans out there was telling us that we should have blown these guys out of the water. And which is true. Probably I think we should have maybe have murdered them 16, six. That was That's what I was thinking. Yeah. But again, you know what? It doesn't matter. We still got the win in overtime, which was important. And this was a wake up call for the bandits too, as well. I mean, this is like, guys, this is where you should be or even better because you, we know you can score more than 12 per game. That's obvious. Yeah, yeah. You got to go out there and prove it to yourselves. Don't prove it to the fans. We already have faith in you and we, and we believe in everything you guys do, but what you guys need to do is have faith in yourselves and have this family bond that you guys have and just work as a team. And that's what they did defensively scored at the right moments and goaltending was key. Yep. That was what it was, basically. And then, you know, the final two minutes or the minute 45 was 
crazy. Mm -hmm. The Bandits were getting rapid shots, and none of them were going in. Which is good. Their, their goalie was making some big saves in that fourth quarter. Um, and mm -hmm. then everybody's screaming under 30 seconds, Johnny T, call timeout. Everybody was standing up, call timeout. Yeah, and he what does. Is, what does Dane Smith do? He decides to take a ripper sidearm. He originally makes the save, and it goes through the legs and trickles in, and probably I heard one of the loudest roars in Banditland probably since the Nick Weiss goal in game one uh, to tie that game on Tucker out lymphoma night was huge. 10, 10. And then the bandits get the ball with like mm -hmm. 25 seconds to go. And then Johnny T calls timeout ended up. We, I don't think we even got a shot there. I don't think we did. Not in the first three possessions. We didn't, we each got two possessions in overtime. And just when things were looking bleak, Josh Byrne takes this wicked sidearm shot mm -hmm. and he goes top shelf. He throws it off his back foot, top shelf. The crowd goes insane and the bandits come across the finish line again. First, there was a first mm -hmm. lead they took in walk-off fashion. They won 11, 10. The game was over. It was looking bleak when the riptide made it 10, eight. But mm -hmm. I think after that, the bandits were kind of like, okay, we know what we're doing. We're not going to lose to the riptide. Everything's going to be okay. They went in. They won the game in overtime. They're 4-0 in overtime. It was mm -hmm. ugly, but a win is a win as long as they start showing this gradual approach. Maybe if they score 12 or 13 next week, win or lose, they score 12 or 13 next week, I would be okay with any outcome as long as that mm. offense is starting to really just – I mean, scoring 11 goals is not going to win you a championship. But if they show this gradual approach – Maybe maybe something could happen, and we can really start feeling confident in our guys again. Yep, and we also got to worry. And I don't go to the player of the game for each of us. I think, um, yeah, personally for me, it's not Dane Smith, it's not Josh Byrne. I'm going to go with Kyle Buchanan. He's a workhorse. Yeah, he got himself a hat trick. He started the scoring for Buffalo, and what better way to do it that he goes for the loose balls when needed to. He gets those uh, crucial passes and an assist to the guys that he needed to. But even though he didn't have an apple at all this game, but the hat trick started it. Yep, and that's what they all need. And Kyle Buchanan, maybe one of the smallest guys on the team, but he hustles. He yep. works for it, and that's what I think wins you games like that. And especially for number 91 is my go-to guy of the player of the game. I'm going to go with Matt Vince, my player of the game. That dude was a brick wall last night. Were there a couple saves he should have made? I think the eighth goal he should have made where he, he was really hugging the post doing what he was supposed to do, but it let it, he let it go right through the five hole. Matt Vince mm -hmm. is my player of the game. I mean, this dude is making big save after big save after big save. It was crazy. And, uh, all of a sudden, the Matt Vince haters, where are they? Where'd they go? They're dead silent. Did not come out of the woodwork. Uh, they are dead silent. I will also give an honorable mention to Ian McKay, getting his 100th mm -hmm. career points last night with his yep. goal. Was congratulations, huge. bud. Yeah, congratulations. 100 career points. And this was, fun fact, the Bandits winning in overtime fashion last night on Tucker Out Lymphoma Night in front of Sean Williams in their 500th game in existence. This is wow. the Buffalo Bandits' 500th game, which is huge. Uh, and the, the fact that that's a win, and they have over 100 games over 500 now hmm. uh, in their in their history is 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 huge. They're a stapled franchise in this league now by a long shot. Yep, you can't 
can't deny who the best team in Buffalo is at the moment. And that's the Buffalo boys in orange and black and the Buffalo bandits have really shown everyone here that this game is exciting to watch and they should come on down and check out the last home game, uh, April 22nd against one of my most hated rivals, the Toronto rock seven 30 live at the key bank center. Go guys, go get your tickets. Let's yep. really fill this up and make it a playoff mode type of lacrosse game. And let's really cheer on our boys to beat the rock in our house. And let's cheer on this offense too. Let's cheer on this offense. They they know they've been struggling, but this time where they score 11 goals, yeah, they weren't leading the whole game. They didn't lead at all during the first four quarters, but they still mm-hmm. ended up winning. A win is a win, especially going you know this close in the playoffs, but give your offense a little pick-me-up. They know that they're struggling, but they are taking that gradual approach, scoring seven last two weeks ago. Now mm-hmm. they'll score 11. I think it's trending upward. Hopefully it is. And we got a big game coming up next week. Yep, and guys, we'd like to first thank our sponsor, Mitchell's Tavern, live at 734 uh, Sheridan Drive up in Tonawanda, one of the best places to get your beef on wick and other bar foods with great food and amazing service. Uh, Mention the boys of Bandaland Boulevard, your boy Trevor Howard over there, alongside with myself, Tony LaMonica, a.k.a. Boxhead98TL. And also, we'd like to thank our YouTube watchers who likes to watch our channel. And guys, give us that uh notification hit that like and subscribe button we would really appreciate it and also for those who like to listen in on any device possible on spotify.fm and anchor uh guys give it that five star rating as much as possible we really appreciate that you guys listen in and most importantly that we as um as podcasters and who love the sport of lacrosse and especially to talk about the boys of buffalo we also want to say for those of you who are voting For the fan of the year, Mm -hmm. vote now. You got until Wednesday, the 19th, to be finalized, okay? So vote your friends. Vote vote whoever is a longtime fan since it all began. And I guarantee you guys, whoever wins it, we're always appreciative because it's their love and support towards this team and towards the men in the orange and black. So, guys, go out there now. Check on Facebook. Check on Instagram. They have the link there for you to vote. Do so right now before it's too late on Wednesday. Absolutely. Fan of the year is going to be uh, a great rundown. I can't wait to see what the votings look like. It's going to be awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, no matter who wins it, we love watching uh, the Bandits Bandits Mafia take the field or whoever it is. I know that Joe Joe Shuby won it one year. I think it was 2019. 2019. He went, he went onto the field, and uh, they had that whole ceremony for him, which was awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah, Fan Appreciation Night is going to be huge, and it's, it's one of the biggest games of the year. We already clinched a playoff. I know we already clinched a playoff spot and we already clinched a home playoff game, but this is still a huge game to decide who's going to get first and who's going to get second overall in the standings. If Toronto does win, we want it. They will clinch it. it. But if Buffalo wins and depending on how they do against Albany, it's still up in the air. Absolutely. And you guys got to prove it to yourselves. You don't have to prove it to the fans. We love you no matter how the wins or losses come out of, but we really want you guys to do it for yourselves. Honestly, you guys deserve it. And it's been a long time since we've seen a championship banner back in uh, yes. Bank Center and in Banditland. So, guys, we really want to see another banner lifted. We have waited way too long for that to happen. And, yes, last year sucked. It was a thorn that's still stuck in our sides. But, you know I what? I still get you nightmares about it. You guys are fighting. You yep. guys are grinding. And you guys are trying to make it happen again. And, guys, we will back you up and support you and cheer for you no matter how you guys look at it. But, again – it's all on you guys. So we will have your back the whole way. That's right. That's right. Have your back the whole way. The worst we can do is 12 and six, and we still have a home playoff game. Correct. But 
we got to pick up some of that steam going into the playoffs. That's all we got to do. I mean, it's not a matter of winning. If you guys go in and you win games 15-12, to I'm like, all right, I have full confidence in these guys again. It's about winning my trust back because I think that Toronto game really kind of rubbed me the wrong way and the Colorado loss rubbed me the wrong way a little bit too. And maybe Mm -hmm. even the win against San Diego, that was like, okay, like we won, but that was ugly because we scored seven goals, but our defense was great and our goaltending was great. It's all complicated, but the team that gets hot at the right time, has the best success in the playoffs, 100%. There's no change in my mind on that. So I think with that said, I do have confidence in this team that they can turn it around against Toronto. We just got to take it to them next week. And after that, guys, we have to march forward and go to the March to May. So, guys, this is your moment to shine. Moment in the sun. This is where you guys have to prove it to yourselves, like I said before, but also – Be a family and do it as one, not as individuals. You guys have the mentality. You guys have the gift of the sport and the talent. So prove it to us and prove it to yourselves. And with that being said, we have just three more words for you folks. Ready, Trevor? Yes, yes, sir. Let's let's go go bandits. Bandits. Let's go. Let's freaking go.